With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Draft week rolls on here at Sims and Lefko. Oh, baby. Oh, uh, baby. Good show today. Uh, we just got done talking to Mr. Josh Rosen and Mr. Bradley Chubb. Uh, I'm usually one that does not like to talk to draft prospects on the telephone. Yes. What are you supposed to ask them? Are you excited? Where do you think you're going to go? But those guys were honestly really good. Uh, Josh Rosen. You looked at me the entire time and was like, I've never seen Lefko react to somebody like this. No, I have not. I mean, he, he, I'm in love. His, well, his, his answers were, they were awesome. I mean, you know, he's just such a mature, different type of talker that you hear out of the quarterback position at this point of their life. I mean, yeah, he's thought about things maybe uh, a little more in depth than most people his age. And I thought Bradley Chubb and us kind of connected. We came up with some nicknames we for did. whichever teams he ends up going to, he and he cool wants to hell. hang out with us. Yes, he does. Right. This is why it's hard to meet people, because the biases from now on, I'm going to speak so highly of them no matter what happens. Yeah. I'm biased. I know. Well, I'm like Sam Darnold yesterday. I know. I'm biased now. I know. I, I hear you. I mean, well, it just makes you not want to say ever anything bad about them ever, but it won't change me. No. Nah, I just I got to evaluate football. That's you just know what how I, I know it's do. not going to change you? Because right. one of the first things you said this morning, I said, yeah, one of the first YouTube comments about Sam Darnold was, look how tiny his hands are. And you were like, it's all I looked at the entire time. It's They were tiny. Right. It's, it's, a, it's the thing that... Another piece, again, just going to say it for the nine millionth time, he's definitely one of the top 20 players in the draft. I understand that. And that's a compliment. It is a compliment. And he could be a star in this league. But again, for the pick to Cleveland, it's concerning to me with small hands, that type of motion. He's from Southern California. And if anybody's ever been to the stadium in Cleveland past September, it's always cold. And it's always windy because it's built right on Lake Erie. Hashtag mistake by the lake. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. but that's where it is. So they have a truly a different weather pattern there, and that's where I look at it and just go, man, I'd be, I'd be scared of that formula right there. That would mm. be my number one thing right away. I'd go, ooh, I don't know if that makes sense. Funny, Peter King in his article talked about Buffalo loving Josh Allen because of their weather yeah. and how he would play there right. and. Buffalo and Cleveland, I mean, those franchises are always linked, and part of the reason is the weather and the lack of success. They have the lake effect, right? Yes. It's the lake of feather. And, and, and everything I know about the Buffalo Bills is that they are not going to trade up for any of these quarterbacks unless it's Josh Allen. So that just tells you where they've Which is Which, weird, because you're a mock draft. Yeah, I know. Well, I did it the way I done <laughs> yes, to do it. Yes, you would do it. I know, yes. and, and I get that. But I do look at that and just, you know, again, that fits what that New England, Brian Dayballs, the new offensive coordinator up there. Yep. And they don't want quarterbacks that don't have, that aren't 
six four, above two hundred and fifteen pounds, and got to have hands that are above. I can't remember our number. I think you had to have above ten inch hands. Yeah, well. Uh... Sammy D, Sam Darnold was nine and three eighths. Right, he, I have bigger hands than Sam Darnold. Yeah, I know. And then Baker Mayfield was what nine and a quarter. So it doesn't necessarily make you feel better. The only reason I would feel a little bit better about Baker is just because his motion is a little bit more natural and a little less, right. you know, that herky jerkiness with the arm. Well, it's funny you're saying Baker. Uh, it is man. Cleveland's been linked to every quarterback. The rumors right now. I've reached a point where uh, my advice to you guys would be: don't listen to any of them. Don't get a Excited, but Schefter came out this morning and said, "Look, uh, there is a Baker Mayfield is definitely in the running for the first pick in the draft." And he talked about how Scott McLuhan is now a lead advisor to John Dorsey, the former GM of the Washington Redskins, and he loves Baker Mayfield. So there's a chance. What I took from this story is what's going on with Schefter. What literally look at these last few months and. I would say it to him, too. I'm seeing a lot of wishy-washy reporting out of Schefter Mm -hmm. these last few weeks. Mm -hmm. One, throwing this Mayfield rumor out there when, okay, you're going to connect a few dots and do all that. I get it. Then we had the Tom Brady story where he said, have we gotten an official answer that Tom Brady's absolutely playing? I believe he is, but I haven't heard that officially. And then that turned into a news story. The Odell Beckham Jr. story where he kind of came out there and was like, League executives. Uh, could, I think he's going to get traded, right. but he might not get traded. But I think he's going to get traded. Well, then he then he so, also sent out the thing about you know league executives telling me the Giants are not going to trade Odell Beckham Jr., which I took as there was no thing. Which is, right, go ahead, finish this. I'm my gonna, point I'm was going to be one ahead. of two things: either Schefter's reaching a point where he's hedging his bets all the time, or we're taking every time that Schefter tweets and making it a news story. I don't remember Schefter being wishy. Like, Adam Schefter, to me, is like a woj bomb for the NFL. When he tweets something, it's fact. But the problem is, is he's not tweeting facts right now. He's not saying facts. So either we're listening too closely to everything he's saying, or Schefter's hedging his bets a lot lately, and... Either way, I don't like it. Yeah, because well, it just I, doesn't feel right. Yeah, I, he's he's giving information out there, but I think what what also you always have to be careful about. Schefter has more information than anybody. I mean, I he's, know. he's number one man. He's the gatekeeper. Him and Mort, they know everybody. Owners, coaches. I mean, the, the, their depths of their reach are so much farther than the people realize. I mean, coaches don't even realize. Like I've told you about stories with me in the past with certain of these insiders where the coach got mad at me, like you must have said something to. Mort or somebody, and then I found out down the road that you know that Mort or that insider found out from our owner and mm. had the you know what I mean. So yeah. they, they don't even realize the connections that are made. I think this is the thing that you have to take into account this time of the year because Schefter also released that whole thing about like I'm hearing from league executives that the Giants are not talking about trading Odell anymore. When I read that, I just said, oh, he's doing the Giants a solid. That's all he's doing. Mm. You got to realize he's got to play politics too to get his information, and teams use him to put out information in there to shape the narrative well, a little bit. Well, that's my issue. So I understand that. But that's part of his job, too. He's not giving you anything definitive out there. But yeah, take it with a grain of salt this time of the year because there is so many people with so many different agendas. Coaches, front office people, agents are all pushing their own personal agenda. Do you think he's doing the Browns a solid floating the Mayfield thing yes. out there to try and hopefully get the news breaking of who they will actually take at number no, one? No, I think he's doing it because either... 
Told me. I, I think the Brown, th- when I think of things like this, I think the Browns told somebody else that Mayfield's still in play, hoping that they would tell a Schefter or somebody like mm. that. Because now the Jets, who sounds from all that they're obsessed with Mayfield, they, they like Mayfield, right? So now they could be sitting there going, oh, okay, oh, wait, if they're going to take Mayfield, do, do we make that move? Or do we have to trade up two? Because we heard the Giants do like Darnold the best, too. So now do we – they, I think – I think they, I don't know. It's just politics. That's yes. what I'm just trying to do. I'm trying to connect dots. Saying, I don't know. I'm just saying yeah. I don't like to be caught up in the fray, yeah. and that's what it feels like he's doing. Right. I, like For me, I guess the reporting of stories was always sacred. I understood manipulating and doing favors. But now it seems it, this just seems obvious. Yeah, it seems obvious. Uh, however, about Odell, mm-hmm. Pat Shermer came out this morning and said Odell will absolutely be on the Giants next oh, season. I mean, we figured out that all 31 teams want him through trade, and he's awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna keep him. Because we're going to have a riot on our hands if we trade maybe the greatest receiver in the history of the sport. I do like that the narrative lately that a lot of people are talking about is it's very interesting that all of these bad stories came out about Odell when the contract was being discussed. And the one thing that I'm going to try and chart Mm -hmm. is when big name players are up for free agency, do these stories continue to somehow get leaked? Yeah, because I'm that's really interesting. You know, that's a big PR manipulation. Well, Odell, we would have given you that big money if you didn't go out there I and do all that feel stuff. Feel like the Giants realized like a month ago, and I'm pretty sure I said it. They they came to the revelation. Wait, we have zero freaking power in this. Zero. They have zero. Nothing. So they have to play. It's smart. If they piss off Odell Beckham Jr., he says, screw the New York Giants. I'm never playing them again. Trade value down. Mm. If he doesn't agree to a trade and a long-term deal with that team that they want to trade with, there's no trade that happens. So he has all the power. And almost he almost has a no-trade clause in his contract Kinda. without it. I mean, he, he's that powerful at this point. And I think the Giants realize that. I don't think the whole Odell trade thing's dead yet. I won't believe that until next Saturday. Man. That's when I will say, okay, teams are good with their roster. They're going to go from now on. Ooh, I'm excited. But I'm not now. giving up that, that their phones are not going to hang up and go, oh, no, no, we won't take two first for Odell. Sorry. I'm going to need, like, an alarm on the desk that if an Odell trade happens, happens yeah. we just lose our minds and our heads explode <laughs> um speaking of kind of like rumors and all that stuff sean payton came out and confirmed something that you said a year ago that pat mahomes was number one on their board right. and they were going to take him at 11 yep. and then the chiefs traded up to 10 and took him yes. so old uh chris schefter over here chris schefter, yeah like chris schefter I, I know i just it's good good to hear those things that every now it, it makes me just feel better about the people i talk to they go okay yeah I was, I was right they told me the right thing there that's for sure and that's the, what we always thought yes that would have been fascinating to see Mahomes there oh my but gosh. i think the point you made too i mean it might have worked out for the better they wanted Mahomes, didn't get him they ended up with Lattimore, the best corner in the right. draft oh they wanted reuben foster didn't get him oh got ryan ramshick yes kind of worked out kind of worked out Exactly right. Um, And I think you agreed that we're going to continue our tradition. If you didn't watch the draft with us last year, after the Niners uh, selected Solomon Thomas, you called Kyle. I don't think he still knows that, that I called him. And he picked up, and we were live on the show, (laughs) and it was an amazing moment after the ninth pick in the draft. Even if he doesn't pick up, 
call that man up again. Okay, we'll I think call. we just make it a yearly tradition, we'll and we up. don't tell him. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, the tr- if I tell him, he will definitely not answer. So, <laughs> if he listens to this podcast, which he might be one to do, so, he's yes. going to know. Yes, but it was funny because your face last year for the draft, you were like, "Yeah, he's not going to pick up," and then as soon as you picked up, you're like, "Hey, man, uh, I, I want to be like, hey, don't say anything. They're listening. <laughs> how, how you feeling, man? You good? You good? Uh, one last thing, I think it's an interesting development is the Eagles White House. A lot of people are going, "Wow." You know, it's been a few months now. Are the Eagles going to go to the White House? Many of the players have already come out and said, right after the Super Bowl, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, Brandon Graham, we're not going. Mm -hmm. Well, the Eagles released a statement, and in part of their statement yesterday, it said, we're honored to receive this invitation and view this not only as an opportunity to be recognized for on-field accomplishments, but also as an opportunity to engage in productive dialogue with the leaders of our country. I have gone to the White House. I covered Louisville when they won that national championship, and I saw what they do to honor those guys. There is about, I don't know, 30 seconds of actual dialogue between the president of the United States and the team. But I'm really hoping the Eagles are going, no, we'll go if you actually give us the dialogue that you constantly say is available when teams go. Or... I really hope the Eagles just send Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long and go, we're here for the dialogue. We're here for the sit-down. That's what I would love. I mean, that would be amazing. Is We don't want the photo op. We don't need it. We just really want to do some dialogue as the wokest team in the country, as the team that has people that went into the community and helped change things and fought for civil rights. We'd like to talk to you now. I just think that would be great. I mean, that would be phenomenal. But we both know that's not happening. And... I'd have a hard time thinking that the Eagles just are going to go in general because I, I, I mean, I did. I read something yesterday too that were like Jeff, Jeffrey Lurie, yes. was one of the biggest people to talk during he the called, owners' he meeting. He called the Trump's presidency a, an effing disaster. So I mean, I, I would have a hard time thinking that they're going to attend that. What if they were like, we're more interested in meeting Melania? <sighs> Right? I just think there's a lot of opportunities here for the Eagles to do some stuff to make it different. But they might also be the first team to like not go at all, which I, could be interesting. Yeah, they could be. I, yeah, I know. Listen, I, you know my thoughts. I wouldn't go. That's just the way I, I was going to ask about if it. you yeah, would go. I would not go. There's no way I would ever attend that. I can't even go in the John George restaurant in the Trump building on Columbus Circle. I refuse to. I'm sorry for all you out there that are maybe support him. I respect your ability to support him. I just don't like the person. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to offend. Yeah, it's look. We're just. Sharing. I have family members and people that voted for him, so I, I'm. I can. I'm okay. You understand it. Well, one guy that's been very vocal about it, I think it scared a little bit of the teams, was Josh Rosen, who, of course, wore the F. Trump hat to the Trump golf course. I want to tell you that I have interviewed a lot of young people in my life in the 18 to 22-year range. Teddy Bridgewater blew my socks off when I was at college. Over the years, Carson Wentz, I shook his hand, and I went, I trust this man. Sam Darnold yesterday was great. I've never heard the words put together like our guy Josh Rosen the Rosen one gave us and so here he is Josh Rosen on the Sims and Lefko podcast what's up man how you doing you ready for this whole process to get over we're with roll, we're Where rolling by the way Josh yeah we're going <laughs> all right um yeah um really excited I mean it's been an awesome process uh um I mean, you just meet a lot of cool people. Um, it's been fun. It's been a long. It's definitely been uh, 
It's definitely been long, but uh, I mean, it's been good. I've been learning a lot. I'm meeting a lot of cool people and, and doing some things. Basically, I've been dreaming about doing since I've been a kid. Yeah, that's all. Growing up in Manhattan Beach, enjoying the sun on his face. Just want to say Josh Rosen joins us thanks to Old Spice Red Collection of premium scents, including New Captain, designed to help guys everywhere step up their scent game without breaking the bank. Learn more about the Red Collection at OldSpice.com. The Rosen One. The Rosen One. Uh, best nickname I've ever heard. Yes, As a member it. of the tribe, I gravitated towards it immediately. Josh, I, a simple question. What have you learned about our society's relationship with intelligence throughout this whole process. What do, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I find you to be an intelligent person that can see through facades, and it seemed like you got punished for that. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, what have you learned about how we treat smart people? Um, I think... Um being authentic is starting to be applauded a little bit more and more. I mm. think social media really gives you a behind-the-scenes look on who people are. Um, I mean, back in the day with, with uh, um, like, movie stars and old studio heads, they would keep them as hidden from public as possible, and the only pe- thing people would ever know about them is, is um, like, what movies they're in and, and whatnot. Now you're, people are on YouTube, people are on Instagram, they're doing stories, they're doing all that stuff. So people actually value authenticity. Um, and I think it's slowly... Intelligence and knowledge and and know-with-all is it's it's slowly creeping into the mainstream and it's starting to be okay. And um, if I have to be uh, um, if I have to be a sacrificial lamb a little bit and go out there and and maybe get my name dragged around in the mud a little bit, I, I think it's for uh, I think it's for the greater good. I think it should be it should be cool to be a good person. It should be cool to be smart. It should be cool to. Um, be honest. Uh, want to do something different? Be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't get, I don't understand how the media always complains about how they get Bill Belichick responses of two words, and all of a sudden someone says something more, and they grill him for it. Like it, it's, it, it's <laughs> like pick what yeah. you want. Yeah, you're right. I like. All right, so, oh, I want him number one. Yeah. So I mean, this is why we like you, man. I mean, uh, we talk about you a lot, and we've we've always kind of liked the things you've said, and you're outside the box thinking. At the same time, uh, and all those things you just said. Uh, you're realizing that the NFL and the coaches and the organizations aren't as open-minded maybe as some of the people in Southern California or your not. friends, unfortunately. But, like, are you frustrated with this constant I have to defend my character and who I am type of I talk? Would be. I would be. You know, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, a little, little bit on, on both sides of that. Uh, going to the first point about the NFL, the only pe- thing people know about the NFL is what the media tells them. I yes. think the NFL is actually very open. I mean, the NFL is a is a is a massive social media initiative, um, and they're pushing content from uh, uh, from quick highlight tapes to to combine photos. They're sending them to us, encouraging us to post. Mm. Um, there are NFL teams. The, that are talking to me, and, and, and they're actually like, we, we love that you love other things. We just want to know that you love football. Um, so I think a lot of it's misconstrued in the media. A lot of people have anonymous sources, an NSC executive, um, something <laughs> like that. That might just be complete BS, or it might, I don't know, whatever. But I think, um, I think the NFL, um, because they have to attract eyes and attract viewers, have to be receptive to the new up-and-coming audience. Um, and with regards to the teams itself and who who's actually picking me, I think um, 
that's why there's a scouting process because mm. there are certain teams that are old school. There's certain teams that are new school. There's yes. certain teams that do certain things. And the idea is that I don't want to just go one, two, or three. I want to go to the team that I can have success for 15, 20 years down the road. Right. I don't like Tom Brady. If you if you asked him if he wanted to be the first pick and be out of the league in six years or what he's doing right now, I think he would pick this every single time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't really care where I go as, as long as they sincerely believe that I'm the best fit for them. Because I, I promise you I'm going to put absolutely every ounce of effort I have into this game to be the most successful, and I'm very confident I'm going to be the last man standing in this draft class when all is said and done. Um, and I, I, just, I hope the team does their homework, and I hope the team picks me because they think I'm going to be the best fit for that organization. Okay, all right. So, I mean, your answers are great. I mean, uh, they really are. Uh, this, I'm just gut feeling, okay? Do you, you don't have to tell me the team right now. Do you have a gut feeling as far as what team you think may pick you? And I want to just second with that with if you were to fall, okay, I'm not trying to be Johnny Jerk here, all right, because you're my second favorite quarterback in the draft. Sorry, you're number two. You're not number one, but I still love you a lot. What an asshole. <laughs> but if you were to fall. I'll call you in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, you, you're welcome to come back and crap all over me in a couple of years. I got you. But, make but, a note. Make a post it. Throw it on the desk. Post it. We will. We're not going to forget. But if you were to fall, I mean, how far do you have a number to where you go, oh, no, I know that team right there is not going to let me go past that. That right there, so I won't no. fall any farther. The, the media has the media has painted the the draft is very simply like an exercise to get a person to a team. The draft has turned it the the the, the media has turned it into this massive event. Um, and the only thing I care about um, is from a certain threshold falling outside of the first round in terms of money. You can't afford to invest into yourself at a certain level. Like for example. Um, if you fall out of the first round, you might not be able to afford a private chef, or you might not be able to perform, uh, afford like the uh, um, like the the private trainers bed, or uh, things like that. Trainer, that yes. stuff. It, as right. long as that ground is covered, and I don't have to worry about money in terms of I can invest into my body and my business as much as I need to. Anything after that's gravy. I don't really care. Man. That's awesome. All right, so I got a few for you here. Uh, our favorite quarterback in the NFL, and it's the best quarterback we've ever seen. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers. And when I saw you working out with him and the questions you were asking and the conversation you were having, I'm just curious on a personal level what you took from that experience. It took a lot. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's the greatest. Um, I mean, I, you can, uh, I think he's the greatest player at the position of quarterback um yep. he just does things people can't um right. and but a lot of that's not just natural ability a lot of that's because he works on it um he practices off balance throws and off platform movements and he practices these things in practice when other people aren't a lot of other a lot of other guys are just trying to not get yelled at by their coach um aaron's trying to get better um each and every day and when you have a personality type like that that's why people kind of get on me a little bit sometimes when i um if I've ever butted heads with coaches, because I want them to bring as much juice as I got. I want them to. I want to know that they care as much about this game as I do. I don't want to just check. I don't want to just clock in and clock out and not get fired. I want to see if I can be one of the greatest to ever do it. 
Man, I love that. All right, I, I keep saying that after everything he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's all, right. all in on you over so here. So the draft, you go, you get on the podium, and we were talking with Darnold yesterday, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do a bro hug to Goodell. Josh, I got a suggestion for you. You go up there, and you do a long, extended handshake. Like, by the time you get on the stage, your hand uh-huh. is already extended, and you make it a business move. In mm-hmm. fact, you do a little twist, and you land the plane, a power move handshake right off wow. the what do you think? You know what? I think I might just stick to the old white guy. I might just give him a good little handshake, turn it into a hug, um, say some words to him, uh, put on the jersey, put on the hat, and then get, get out rolling of there. and start chasing Super Bowls. Ooh, I like that. All right, other thing I have to say is you realize that if you get drafted by one of the New York teams, oh. you are obligated as a 21-year-old member of the tribe to live in Mary Hill. Tell them everybody what the tribe okay. is, okay? Not so everybody out there listening to I, knows who's the tribe. I am Jewish, so is Rosen, and every 20-year-old Jewish person Can I, I get know, part member of the tribe? You have, you have like, part what, 2%? Membership? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But you have to live in Mary Hill. It's kind of like an initiation into New York City, just so you know. Okay, I got you. One one step at a time. Yeah, one step one, at a time. One step I'll at a call, time. I'll call you to find a, a real estate agent. Perfect. In fact, <laughs> I'll be your real estate agent. Don't, It'll be great. Really? Don't yeah. don't do it, Josh. He's got Full horrible taste. Podcast here. Horrible <laughs> taste, Josh. Okay. I mean, it's of course a fascinating year with the quarterbacks, right? I just I want to do like I, I just was thinking of something just to talk for to talk about as far as the other guys. Like word association, I'm gonna give you the quarterback's name. I want the first thing that comes to your head out of out of uh, just your evaluation of them as a player. First thing, yeah. Oh god, oh god. (laughs) Josh Allen. Let's start there. Just give me like first thing that comes to your head. As long as it's not gonna get you in trouble. I don't know, big dude. Big dude. Okay. How about Baker Mayfield? Little Uh, dude. Baller. (laughs) Baller. Okay. Okay. Let's go, Lamar Jackson. Uh, a baller. Just Ball. kind of those. Those two dudes are kind of guys that I just think of. You throw them on a basketball court, and they're going to score some points. Yeah, and, that, uh, that's they're just a, competitors. That's a good way to put it. Okay, and then how about Sam Darnold? Um, talented. Uh, I think he's really good at what he does. Yep. And then how about the Rosen one? Um, convicted. Con- convicted. I I have conviction in everything that I do. There you Uh, go. Okay, that's okay. That was a deep answer there. Uh, Well, he's a deep guy. That was pretty good. Okay, I like it. Again, I want to thank. I think think if if you hang out with me and if if you're on if you're on my team, um, you know what I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm trying to do every single day. Man, we don't we don't doubt that one bit, dude. We we've been in your corner from the start. Whether you were sitting yeah. in your hot tub in your dorm room Loved or whatever it, it was, I mean, we we get where you're coming. From. I was in I was in your shoes once, and I was dumber than you for sure, and way more wild. And that's probably why I fell to the third round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to thank uh, Old Spice's Red Collection of Premium Scents for making this possible. Josh, if you end up in New York, you're coming by Bleacher Report. We're going to take you on the town. We're going to make sure that you are set up for success kick ass man we're proud of you dude. perfect looking forward to it i hope that i hope that as i'm hitting that 360 old spice keeps me fresh so that i'm not uh, i'm not throwing some unnecessary scents in the roger goodell's nose yeah please don't i don't we don't need to smell you from across the tv come on man absolutely all right absolutely be good good luck man take care see ya the rosen one i mean those he's man. the answers are I'm smitten
I know you are. I mean, damn, you're sweating like you've been like flirting with the guy over here. Um, have you heard answers like that no. from a kid his age? No, absolutely not. I mean, no, he's he's a very deep thinker. You know, as much as so, it's so funny because like I loved him, right? Loved Sam Darnold yesterday. I mean, yeah, I, I left, great guy. Left here yesterday, just telling everybody what how awesome Sam Darnold was. That was awesome as well. It's but it's like different awesome. Yes. It's funny. We're like. I don't even know how to say it. Like Josh is just a thinker that's going to bring angles you haven't thought of. Sam's just going to be cool, chill, yes. listen, add his two cents, and maybe throw some dry humor on it too, which I think you know Sam, kind of guys I want to hang 100% with. Sam, one hundred percent is a ball buster that's going to kind of be one of the guys immediately, and he's got like a quick three word answer that's going to be like loosen you up. Yes, Josh is going to question everything, but by the time you're done, you're going to go. Wow, why don't all quarterbacks look at it like this? Like the fact that the difference from him between the first round and the second round is the amenities that he can afford to support his foundation and not ego or not I'm upset because I deserve to be a first rounder. He's looking at it as a process. Yeah, he's doing it the right way. The fact that he could see the media and their inclusion in all this, the fact that, and plus, I don't think that the whole conviction thing is a gimmick. I don't think that his agent got to him and said, you need to continuously tell people that you want to win Super Bowls. Right. I, it just sounds like it's coming right from his gut. Yeah, I do too. I don't, I don't, see, I don't question any of that. I mean, the, the only thing, I, I've questioned it because I've heard some people that I have semi-relationships around the NFL say things like that. So that when they say it, it does make me go, huh, I mean, because... They're not the type of friends I have that say those things usually. Right. Not that I believe every word that they've said and not that they've been right every time, but it does make me go, huh, certainly. Um, His little speech about, you know, I, I, it's, I know, it's cool to be smart. It's cool. And I'll fall on the sword for that. Yeah, yeah, right. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I'll say this. I know teams have taken him off the board because they don't want to deal with his attitude. I know. It's crazy. There's a reason Aaron Rodgers went 24. I know. It's crazy. To me, he could very well end up being the best one. I mean, as you know, I think he's number two. But I do think and look at it and go, man, he's going to be the guy that falls if somebody falls out of the five. You think he'll be the one? I think he will be. I know. I I feel like the Jets are in on Baker too much. So hard. Yes. And I just think Rosen, that's where I was trying to get with that answer of asking about, you know, the old school mentality of the NFL, right. and he kind of went into the media, and he goes, "No, they're trying to put things out socially." I know, it, and but he, he was also right. talked about how some teams are old school, right. and Some teams are new school, and the only thing he cares about is, yes. "Do you want me?" and "Will you support?" Yeah, me? no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, as a whole, the league, the new school teams are very few and far between. Yeah. I mean, who are we talking about? But Kyle, the, yeah, but, but John McVay. Who are the teams that we respect? The new school teams. Yeah. So I'm not going to stand here and go, Josh, dumb it down for those old school teams that we think are dumb. Well, no, not necessarily. Yeah. I'm not. But I'm not going to say that's not always the teams we respect too. I don't think that. I mean, we, we respect New England and Pittsburgh, and you don't think New England is new school. Um, I think they lead the new school. I I mean, no, I don't. Kyle, I think they think Kyle the, is the treasurer. Right. Sean McVay is the secretary, and right. Bill Belichick is the president. Of looking at the league and with a critical eye and going, let's be different. Yes, critical eye, but I don't think they look at the wanting the. I don't think the New England looks at wanting the new school age player. That's where I'm coming from. They don't want any of that. They want old school. Oh, shut up. Do your job. That's military, it. That's what. I, yeah. That's all I was saying. You know who New England likes? Right. Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Guy that's going to chase quarterbacks. The Chubbinator. We talked to Bradley too, and here's B Chubb. 
Hello? Hello, Hello Bradley Chubb. You don't <laughs> sound as muscular and strong. This is Jennifer, but... <laughs> oh, hello, right, Jennifer. I, are you guys ready? We We're are ready. indeed. Uh, and I have Bradley right here. Nice. Hello? The Chubster. The Chubinator. <laughs> what up, Chubb? How y'all doing? We're good, good man. man. We're on Bleacher Report, right? So this is the Sims and Left Cold podcast, just to introduce ourselves. And we're rolling. And we're rolling, so this don't say anything too crazy unless you want to. We're yeah, all for that. crazy but, stuff. But you don't have to be, like, dorky, like, you know, like, network TV here. We're going to have a little fun, okay? All right, sounds good. Appreciate all right, it. All right, man. Heck, yeah. Well, Bradley Chubb, of course, just like Mr. Rosen coming to us from Old Spice's red collection of premium scents. Chubb, are you a stinky kind of dude? Like, are you using a lot of Old Spice? How bad are those Chubb pits? Yeah, I mean, I got to. You know, I sweat a lot, so I got to make sure I use the, uh, a lot of Old Spice and a lot of uh, a lot of deodorant, a lot of body spray just because I sweat so much. And I just be nervous all the time, so nervous sweat is like, the worst thing, it smells worse than, uh, what's it called, than workout sweat. So, oh. Just been, just been, yeah, 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 you know what I mean. So I, I know what you mean. I was on the field at Notre Dame, and I smelled you. You were so <laughs> nervous to go against Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, nah, I smelled was, your was, nervous sweat. That was workout sweat. sweat, so, so, yeah. <laughs> was workout right. sweat I just wanted to, have, sweat. I wanted to have some fun. Okay. <laughs> Dude, uh, you're, you're the number one pass rusher in the draft. That's a pretty cool honor to have. Do you feel like mm-hmm. all this quarterback talk, you're, you're looking at them and you're going, I'm going to take these guys down the rest of my career? Yeah, hopefully. That's the, that's the plan. Well, I think what's cool for you, man, is no matter where you go in the top five, you're getting paired up with a nasty teammate. So if you end up going to Cleveland, it's you and Miles Garrett. If you end up going to the Mm -hmm. Giants, it's you and Olivier Vern. If you go to the Broncos, it's you and Von Miller. Oh, God, you and Von doing Old Spice commercials. Watch out. You guys will be showering together and everything. (laughs) 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 No, I I like his little commercial where he, like, Grabbed, he grabbed something and lightning strike, and then like it's like the team's watching it. Yes, that's yeah. like probably my favorite commercial right now. But I'm, uh, which 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 nickname do you like better? If you end up on Cleveland, do you like your tag team name with Miles Garrett being Miles of Chubb or Chubby Miles? <laughs> he doesn't He's answer like, who the are these guys. How did I get involved in this interview? <laughs> I like I like Chubby Miles because the other one could be taken in a different way. Ah, pause. Ah, damn. Pause. I like the Good other point. one better, but okay, fine. I like Chubby Miles. <laughs> or with Vaughn, you could be Von Chubb. <laughs> all right, enough yeah, like of that. that um, all right, so hold on. One of the things that I really liked, uh, and Sims, you went and covered them, and you saw how much talent was on that NC State D line. Yes. Apparently, so did Bill Belichick. Came down and worked you guys out. What was it like working out with Bill? What did you take away from that experience? I mean, uh, he was a, a guy that knew what he wanted, a guy that was um, very particular in the drill he wanted. So I, I, could, I took that from him. But when he was talking to us, it was mainly about just the, the drill. It wasn't about, um, like, anything else. So I really didn't – a lot of people ask me what I learned from him. But I, at that time, I didn't really learn anything just because he was teaching the drill. But him being there at the pro day and working us out was, was pretty cool just because um, – you know, usually head coaches come to pro days and just sit around and just let the let the scouts and the coaches do whatever they do. But for him to like be involved and all that, that was I felt like that was pretty cool and um a lot of guys enjoy that experience. Yeah, it seems like he's got a man crush on you. You know, you're you're a freak of you're you're a freak of nature. Uh you really are. You're you're like quite the specimen. But I'm always interested in just hearing this. I mean, because I, I know a lot of your athletic gifts came naturally to you, but you work hard. Out of all the mm-hmm. combine things, you know, I mean combine's not football. We, we both know that. I don't know if you know I played in the NFL at one hey. point too. But 
also, what was the drill that gave you the hardest time preparing for the combine? Where you were just like, man, I can't get my time down in the three cone, the five ten five. What was the biggest pain in the man, butt for you? The L drill, because it was just like either you take too big of a step and you like add extra time, or you take too small a step. Like the it was like the first ten yards in that, like the going back and forth. Like the the curve part was was the, was easy just because I, I do that like pretty much every play. Right. But going back and forth just because you had to time the steps, and I'm a guy that has like long legs. Yes. But but sometimes when I run, I have short strides. So it was just weird. Like I don't know having to time that up and and do all that. So my time wasn't the best, but. I mean, yeah, I hear uh, that. I, I didn't like that drill either. That was the worst one for me, hands down. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's it's a pain in the butt, and especially quarterbacks. We don't have to move like that either. No. Now, exactly. now with the the quarterback conversation, I'm sure you're sick of hearing about the quarterbacks because sure. you know you're, you're you're a better player than a lot of them in this draft, but they still get the the headlines. There's so much uncertainty in the top five right now, even in mm-hmm. you know the top ten. Do you have like you don't have to tell us who, but do you got a gut feeling yet of where you may end up, or at least like where you like your chances to end up? To be honest, I have like an idea, but I still don't know because like anything happened on draft day, somebody could trade up, somebody could trade down, somebody could come back up that was down. Like it, you just don't know. So like, I, like right now, as the draft order as it is right now, I have a gut feeling, but at the end of the day, I won't really know until Thursday. Uh, just tell us. Just, just tell yeah, us. Just tell You're us. going to Cleveland at four, right? Should we just yeah. announce it now? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Because what, what if they trade the fourth pick? You, you know what I'm saying? You just never yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. No, you don't. You don't know how many how many visits did you end up going on total uh, throughout this whole process? Uh, like visits, I only took three, but I met with at least eight of the top ten teams right. throughout the whole process. And the three visits were who? The, was it the Giants, the Bears, and who am I missing on the other visit? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. So there we go. It's three teams yeah, so in the top not, man. eight. So, I'm okay. excited for you. Well, what's interesting is I read that your junior year, you change your jersey number to nine to honor mm-hmm. Mario Williams, and then you go out and you break all of his records. He went number one. I'm just curious, why Why did you do that? What is your relationship with Mario Williams? No, it wasn't. So my coach honored like the players with numbers, so it wasn't like – Oh, it was given there, to like, you. Coach, yeah, yeah, I ain't go up there like, hey, coach, give me nine so I can break this record. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It was like a – it was like a um, a respect thing. Like he felt that was uh, uh, showing signs of being a leader coming off my sophomore year, showing signs of improvement, and um, like my grades were going up. Like everything was on the uprise, and he felt that um, he saw something in me that he felt like I, I could be at that level. So he honored me with wearing number nine. So I wore my junior senior year. And That's awesome. Just, Yep. So that's honoring from the school perspective. And I, I think right. some people know this, you and, and Nick Chubb. You, you come from Chubbtown, Georgia. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the Chubb family founded this area. Your dad played college football. Your brother played college football. I'm just curious, is Chubb on the back of your jersey in the NFL? I mean, are you, you're playing for a large group of people. What does that feel mm-hmm. like? It's going to be crazy just to have – not only me by playing for it, but my brother and my cousin playing for it as well. So you're gonna have three people with Chubb on their uh, on the back of their jerseys. And I feel like that's gonna that's gonna be huge, not only for for us, but for our families as well, and for our like communities. Because uh, uh, you know Nick comes from a, a smaller town. Uh, I, me and my brother came from like the the um, suburbs, big school, and had like a lot of people in my graduating class. So it wasn't like nothing. Nobody was really like 
you know what I'm saying, struggling or anything. But I'm, I'm not saying people in Nick's area were struggling either. It's right. a smaller town. And um, so, like, just to inspire kids from coming from those areas, um, especially small towns, of course, uh, just coming from that small town and, and making it big like Nick did or coming from a rural, rural area like me and Brandon did and, and being on that big stage like that, is, is, I feel like it's real cool. And we, we're doing stuff to not only have an impact on the field but on the field as well. Good for you, man. Like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you seem like you got it all together. This is uh, one thing I always like to ask like big-time players like yourself about other players you played against, right, that might have impressed uh, you. One of the lightning rods of the whole draft process, like you're going to be trying to sack quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, I can promise you you've played a quarterback in college that is harder to sack than all the other NFL quarterbacks. Can you tell us about Lamar Jackson and just what it was like to try to pursue him? I know you got a sack or two in that game, but what it's mm-hmm. like to play a guy like him at that position very tiring hmm. right i mean but, i mean yeah i mean just go in on him yeah. a little bit dynamic player that could i mean he was one of those guys that we we had four hour meetings just the game playing around just because he could do so much like um we had to make sure that then everybody was on their team cues not even just this past year but my uh, sophomore and junior year as well yes right um he was just one of those guys that you you just don't know what he's gonna do so like Coming from the backside a lot, I, uh, he didn't see me coming, but I feel like he had this like sixth sense where he like, I don't know, just felt me or hurt. Yeah, me. he he uh, saw you break the huddle and he said, "Man, that big mf or number nine's <laughs> over there. I better keep my eye on him." Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's something, but like every time, like not even this past year, but uh, like years before, every time I got close, he would just make one move and like. I would still, like, hit him and all that, but it wouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? He'd make one move to get out of it and deliver the ball, like, on the on the, on the money. So I feel like he's one of the best, better players in his draft, and he's I feel like he's being underrated a lot. Yeah, he definitely is. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, he had to be go down as one of the hardest guys to tackle for you with ACC yeah. football, I know, but in the open field, right? I mean, he's it's like tackling a top-tier running back. Exactly. Like, it's, he's so dynamic that he's just elusive and quick and all that, so... It's probably like if he if he has you open field, it's going to be it's uh, over. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not necessarily over, but it's yeah. Gonna be a, a yeah. Bad Brad, I, my question <laughs> for you, Brad, is just about Lamar. Like for all of you guys, you go through this draft process, you get asked quite crazy questions, you get flown all over the country, and you learn a lot about the process, but. Hearing what people said about Lamar, you faced him. I talked to Derwin James. I talked to Quentin Nelson. They all said this guy's incredible, and yet mm. the media is going, he should switch to wide receiver. I was just curious from a guy that played him, what did all that mean to you? What did you learn? I mean, I feel like with the media, like if somebody says something, yeah, people bandwagon it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I get on Twitter, and so like, I'm seeing something about me. Somebody might say, my pinky's too small, and then like that's a whole whole article. His pinky's too small; he can't blow. You know what I'm saying? So, the the I feel like the media when it comes to stuff like this is is just crazy, just because they can say anything and have a whole a whole cult behind it. That just because they said it was right, that means it's right. So just saying that is it's like it's it's like come on, man! Like because this this dude's probably one of the most decorated players that I've played against. Uh, dynamic can do everything, and um. For them to be like doubting them like that, it's, it's hard to see. Well, I mean, can you, at this point, 
like I know Lefko brought it up. Your defensive line, you guys had. Oh, I mean, I know you're the man, but I, 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 that was one of the things. You know, I had to do the pregame and halftime show for NBC and Notre Dame and all that. And of course, I studied you during the season. And I just was blown away by all four guys. But can you? Did you realize how good you guys were? You know, this whole time. Uh, and I'd like you to also talk about our man Contavia Street, who probably would have been a second round pick, but because of player workouts and he Which tore his so ACL, dumb. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So just uh, just talk about that a little bit. Talk about your guys. Yeah. All uh, right. So yeah, I mean, we all brought something different to the table. I feel like Justin was the Justin was the the, uh, the energy ball of the group. Yes. Uh, B- BJ was the um, older, civil not civilized, but like. Hey guys, we gotta we gotta bring this in, lock it in, blah blah blah. Right. And Contavious was the the quiet guy that got the job done, but we I wouldn't say we picked on him, but he was like he since he was so quiet, he wouldn't say nothing back. He was like the easy target. You feel yeah, me? right, right. But of our group, like if anybody else tried to do anything, we wouldn't let him. So um, of us four, so um, like yeah, just you said, did I realize it? I mean, yeah, we realized how good we were, but. We didn't realize that. Like, we tried not to think about it because uh, we had a coach named Coach Nielsen yes. that never let us get on our high, let it, never let us get on our high horse. Right. And whenever we made a play, he would find like the smallest thing wrong with it to always keep make sure that we were uh, working on improving and never think we like got complacent or anything. So, um, just playing with those guys, it was fun. We all knew, like I said, we all knew how good we were, but we just tried not to think about it. And and um, to see Contagious go down like that, it was it was sad. I texted him. I've been texting him, calling him all that, making sure he's all good, stuff like that. It's, it was sad to see though, just because I knew um, the potential he had at the yeah. next level. Um, I feel like in the in, he didn't make like the most plays or whatever. He didn't have like the the stats or whatever, but he was a a great player that would like did everything right. Yes. Um, if you watch the film, you can see how dominant he was. Right. So um, just seeing uh, him go down. We called him like he in high school. He had the name Super Street, so like nobody. We called him like Super Street, just like messing around with him and stuff. And he never got hurt or anything. So to see like it was like seeing Superman go down, pretty much. It was yeah. crazy. So um, it was sad to see, but uh, I know he's gonna make the best out of the situation and and keep moving forward. Yeah, Bradley Chubb joining us from Old Spice Red Collection of Premium Scents, including new captain, helping guys smell good. Chubb, uh, before you go here, uh, out of five stars. What do you give the new J. Cole album? I saw uh, some tweets. Man, to be honest, yes. right, so I'm going to let y'all in on a little little story that I don't like to talk about just because it's, it's sensitive. Okay. It's great. I hate J. Cole. Ooh. Okay. So we were... Uh, so Tell Dennis us more. Was, Dennis, uh, <laughs> I don't hate him. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but uh, after this, I stopped listening to his music and all that just because I, I was like a little... I was excited to see him, and I'll tell you a story. All right, so uh, Dennis Smith was at NC State. You know, yes. those two were, like, uh, from the same area and all that. So he came to all the basketball games, all that, blah, blah, blah. And so we were doing a little Toys for Tots uh, giveaway at halftime, like the football team. And he was going back to his seat, and we were like, oh, snap, that's J. Cole. Hey, can we get a picture? Like our, uh, our media lady, uh, Miss Annabelle, she asked, hey, can you get a picture with our guys, blah, blah, blah. And his album just came out, the, uh, the what's it called? Forest Hill. Yes. Uh, yeah, that one. That one just came out. And so he was like, nah, I'm chilling. When we had to take the picture. Uh, I was like, man, this man can't even, I know it's probably annoying. Everybody asking him to take pictures and all that. But 
I just felt like at the time we could have, you know what I'm saying, got a little quick flick because we got to seat. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, there. now, Bradley, you know that means you have to take pictures with every fan that comes up to you for the rest of your life after that story. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, I felt that. Like, that's what Ooh. I'm saying. Like, at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, getting pictures taken all the time and all that stuff. But now, you can I relate. Yeah. yeah, now I can relate. So. I could I could probably go back and listen to his album and stuff like that. <laughs> and stuff. But I had I, I had like a year long grudge against him because he didn't take that picture with us. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. well I'll tell you but, what, man. Uh, if you want, if you want to listen to a rapper talk about meditation, paying your taxes, and folding clothes, oh, left, left he's left very disappointed you. in this album. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I heard it was a really good album. No, I, I heard one song that 1985. Yeah, I it's like good. Pretty, it, was, it was pretty funny just because a lot of these new age like rappers and stuff. He was like the stuff he was saying. It was just pretty funny. Like. You're gonna be on love and hip hop, like that's. It's the truth. Says that. Yeah, it's the truth, but it's hilarious. It is. Well, Bradley, listen. If the Giants take you at two, we are in New York, and we'd like to show you around if you get picked by the old G men. Not saying that's where you're going. I'm just extending an invitation from Bleacher Report. Yep. What if I get drafted anywhere else? Can I still come? Oh, you, you can. can. You get. Or, yes. or we'll go to you. All right, that sounds good. Bet. All right. Bradley Chubb, All right, cool. future guy sacking your favorite team's quarterback. B Chubb! Appreciate you, man. Good luck, I man. appreciate you. Thank you. Kick butt. All right, bye. See you, man. See you. Big Bradley so, Chubb, man. If he goes to the Browns, yes. we are calling him Chubby Miles. Chubby Miles. He didn't like Miles of Chubb. <laughs> now that I say it out loud, I can kind of understand why. Miles of Chubb. Chubby Miles. Yeah. Um, and Von Chubb sounds very Eastern European-ish. Yeah, I mean, love Von Chubb. Man. All right, so what do you think of old Bradley? Well, you got to see him in person. He's a man. The second I saw him, first of all, on film leading up to that game in person, I was like, okay, this guy is going to be, you know, everyone was already saying, oh, it's first-round pick. And I saw him on film. I said, no, he's more than a first-round pick. This is a top 15 pick. And uh, seeing him in person, as soon as they ran on the – first of all, like we talked about their defensive line. They have an NFL defensive line. All four of those guys. Because I I know that you watch them on film yes. and, because that's part of your job. Right. But I remember you came back and you said, Lefko, every guy on that D-line can play in the NFL. They are. And then we started the draft process, right. and then all these guys start getting up, put up in the first and second round. Right. But he's more special than the rest he of them. He definitely is, yes. He's the most physically gifted. The other guys on their defensive line were more size predicated. Like we yes. talked about Contavious Street, her tore his ACL. He's the guy that had like the 700-pound squat during the year. Oh, Remember crap. that video, right? Yeah. So he would be, he was going to be more of like a, I thought, an end of the second round, defense ends, yes. set the edge, do everything right. My question for you is this, yeah. though. But he, every year, yeah. we get a player at positions and we rank the positions, and then we say, This is the best pass rusher in a long time. This is the best running back in a long time. Before there was Saquon, there was Fournette. Before Fournette, there was Zeke. Before Bradley Chubb, there was Miles Garrett. Before Miles Garrett, there was Khalil Mack. Like, right. we do this every year. Yeah. I'm just curious where, in your mind, Bradley Chubb stacks up to the other top pass rushers the last few years. Yes. The, the Khalil Macks, the Von Millers, the Miles Garrett. The Je- Jadeveon Clowney. Yes. Right. Yeah, he's not them. He okay. is not. No. I, I, I think I I've, I've hope I have said that from the start. But, yes, I mean, to me— He didn't test out like them either. No, he's not the total, absolute freak of nature that they are, yeah. right? I mean, like, Jadeveon Clowney was the same weight. Like, Miles but Garrett— But he ran 4 5 some four mm. five three, and this kid, who's a freak of nature, yes. ran four six five. Miles Garrett literally beat this guy in every category right. and then could also do a between-the-legs dunk. Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney are the type of people 
that only enter football every five to six years. So you even put Miles Garrett and Jadavian above uh, yes, Mack. as a freak of nature specimen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and do. so you, so this guy is closer to who? To me, my player player comparison was Olivier Vernon. So if he ends up going to the Giants, they got both of those. guys. I mean, it's it, to me that he's a can't miss prospect. Does he have the superstar high end talent like we talked about with the other guys? No, I don't see that. But like his his floor is like. 10-year starter and a few Pro Bowls. Like, mm. he's, there's, he could be a guy that one year he could get 14 sacks, the next year it might be seven or eight, but he's going to be awesome at everything you ask Great him to do. Great at the run. Great at the I've run. I've seen plenty of clips of him getting out in coverage. His, the thing that's the most impressive about him is his motor. Really? His Which motor. is funny because the last few years, that's been the number one question yes. for a lot of guys. Right. Mm, Jadavian Clowney doesn't seem to hustle on every play. Right. This guy goes nuts every play. Nuts every play. But my play. follow-up to, be, yeah. to you would be, yeah. if he played on such a deep defensive line, yes. was he getting rest too? No, I mean, they played the whole game. And okay. No, he did not play. They did not like substitute the DNs a lot. A, a no, I was impressed with the amount. Of, I wouldn't say he had a great motor if I, he was only doing like 30 snaps a game. Right, right? Right. He, he really was impressive to the point where I was like, damn, this is play 75, and the pedal is still in the metal chasing Lamar Jackson. Wow. He's tremendously twitchy. He's got great quickness like to fake outside and come inside on a defensive lineman. He can go speed to power, and he can beat you with straight speed as well. My biggest knock with him as compared to maybe some of the other great pass rushers we've seen. And we're comparing them to great ones. Yes, or even like even where I give like a Harold Landry an advantage of him over in this draft. Oh, okay. Is his, his bend around the edge is not like superstar bend around gotcha. the edge where you know you see the Von Miller pictures or the Khalil Mack pictures where they're like they, can come, they can come around the edge right and they're like their inside shoulder can be almost close to their inside foot Vernon doesn't have that bend um, Vernon, um, Olivier Vernon. Oh, yeah. No, he does not. And he, that's why they're a little bit similar. That's why I look at it that way. Right. Like, but they're they also have, great against the run because they're not selling out exactly as much. Exactly right. Like, he's going to dominate tight ends mm. when they try to block him. And the strength at the point of attack versus first round left tackles like Mike McGlinchey, who we got to see. Yeah. Like, that's the great thing about the ACC right now. Like, you get to see them. It, the Louisville left tackle is going to be playing in the NFL yes, for a few years. So, you're going to, you get to see it all. He might be I got to see him pick. chase Lamar Jackson. It's one of the reasons I'm so high on Lamar Jackson because the ACC is pretty damn good right now. Clemson, and I see yeah. a lot of NFL players on the field and they can't tackle Lamar Jackson. Mm. And he throws the ball by Derwin James and those kind of guys. So. I've yet to talk to an NFL draft prospect. Right? Who's not amazed by him? That doesn't look at Lamar Jackson and go, yeah. that's a special human. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there are certain guys that are physically different than everybody else. Yeah. Bradley Chubb is one of those guys. Yes. Quentin Nelson is one of those guys. Yes. Uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is one of those guys. Yeah. And I think uh, our guy here, Bradley Chubb, is one of those I guys. I think he is too. Uh, all right, so that was Mr. Rosen and Mr. Chubb. Yeah. Good guys. Great guys. I like them. I mean, man, it's a, the whole draft. I, I have liked everybody's personality so far. Even people we haven't interviewed, but just people I've seen just throughout the process. Like I yeah. mean, I'm waiting for a guy to really hate. There is no guy to hate. I'm so gonna far, find right? one. I'm gonna find one. Listen here, Roquan. No one likes your sterling personality. Uh, so tomorrow is going to be a very big show. We are going to be doing a crossover podcast with the Stick to Football guys, right. Connor Rogers and Matt Miller. We are going to set up on this We're table. Call it Sims and Lefko, though, right? It's going to go on both podcasts. Okay, it better so still st- be called Sims and Lefko. Still. It'll be stick to Sims and Lefko. 
That's how we're going to combine the two together. The chubby miles of podcasts. But what we're going to do is I'm going to be the GM. Sims is going to be my director of player pro, pro player personnel. Uh, Miller will run college scouting, and Connor will be my regional scout. I'm going to put 15 minutes on the clock. We're going to get through the top five picks, and you guys are going to have to convince me. If it takes who 15 minutes for us to go through a pick, we're doing this wrong. Hopefully, we can like if we have to go 15 I'm minutes really hoping to hear that you and Miller. GM have to make a decision. I'm not going to be doing a lot of talking. I might be doing interrupting, but I don't know if I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. I'm just, I don't think people understand why I'm so excited for this draft. Five years, you, me, and Miller have been doing the draft together. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, you and Miller did about a thousand videos before the draft, and your opinions, they have to naturally get closer together. Every year, we've done a little bit less just because what we've done at Bleacher Report has trained, changed. When I tell the people that you and Miller have not even talked, I have no idea what you're going to disagree about. I don't know what you're going to agree about. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow will be crazy, and Thursday, Bleacher Report Facebook Live and in the BR app for the draft. I think it's going to be amazing. We're streaming on the BR app? Streaming on the BR oh, app. Oh, baby. Technology is wonderful. It the tech is table wonderful. figured this out, huh? So super excited about it. Tomorrow, it'll be the roundtable, and then we're also going to have on Simpson Lefko a nice 10, 15 minute conversation with Derwin James, who you're hearing teams are in. In love with. Yeah. I mean, and that he ain't fallen past like eight. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't think so. Derwin James is, uh, again, awesome. No doubt about it. Definitely one of the top 20 picks of the draft for me. But I think the more I'm hearing is teams really value him as a top 10 pick. He's definitely going in the top 10 or 12 for so sure. Teams are valuing him a little bit higher than you are. They are, yes. But he's still a great prospect. No, without a doubt. I know this is the thing that just drives me crazy about this. You can't say anything about anybody. But yes, he is a great prospect. I mean, It is funny. It's insulting to say that someone's the 20th top 20. best player. Yeah, right. Yeah. How dare you say that about Meanwhile, me? Meanwhile, Chris Sims coming out would have loved to I go in top 20. Yes, I would have kiss somebody's ass for that. I was going to say something worse. I thought you were going to go in the penis direction. I was. I was going. I wanted to go in the penis direction. Because when Sims thinks a little bit, it's typically about that. (laughs) Sims and Lefko, we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks, as always, for subscribing. If you're watching this on YouTube, click like. Click subscribe. Uh, If you're listening on iTunes, as, as always, thank you so much. Share, share, share. Love you guys. For Sims. What up? Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. (laughs) Good evening, everybody. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E, we say good night. Happy draft week. Talk to you soon.